Blue Wire. All right. All right. People said it's party time. Yes, it is. All right. We've got a fun show tonight. Jam-packed show full of sports. Look at us. Oh my God. (laughs) Women talk about sports? Oh man. Again, two weeks in a row, all about sports. Uh, So welcome in everyone to episode number 36 of That's What B Said. I am your host, Bree Rust at Breezy Clee, and I am joined by live Miss Meredith at MK on Sports. Mayor, how are you? Hello. Happy Wednesday. Yeah, I know this is weird. I switched up on you guys too. I'm doing the introductions backwards. And then (laughs) Miss Brittany at Bird's Eye View. Hi, Britt. Hi, we saved the best for last because I am number one Indians fan. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are going to get into that. I have so many questions to ask you. You were tweeting about the Indians all week. Like, I cannot wait for this show tonight. Look at me. I'm all in. Oh, man. So I knew that would gonna... happen. I knew it. Yeah, everyone was sure. everyone yeah, like, I'm, so, I'm mad about Major League Baseball. They're a joke. I'm sick of it. I'm not going to watch sports. Bleh. Listen, something, <laughs> something important happened this week, and I'll tell you guys about it when we get into the Indians chat. But I have yeah. entered the chat. I am all in, got my Indians gear on. I was even looking at the score before we started. I said, oh, <laughs> the Indians are winning. I, I care. I'm I have super invested now, guys. Yes, I'm all for it. So we usually record on Tuesday nights. We had to switch it up this week. So we're live at you on Wednesday. Sorry we are a day late getting this out to you. But um, it's all good because there's a lot to talk about. Um, and I actually feel like it worked out in our favor because we got some juicy little things that happened today that we wouldn't have been able to talk about yesterday. So mm-hmm. it's all good. But how's your guys' week going? We'll start off there. Mayor, why don't you go first? I mean, now that baseball's back, I'm essentially working 18-hour days every single day. Like, today's, like, the only day <laughs> that I'm not. And you're here so, with us. So, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's <laughs> I'm happy to be back working essentially full-time. Um, so it's nice, but I'm also just wasn't prepared for the wave of exhaustion that was just going to like hit me like a brick of, uh, or hit me like a Mack truck. There you go. Like a Mack Wilson truck. I actually got hit by a Mack truck today. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's what I forgot. I'm so sorry. I'm the worst. <laughs> I'm laughing because clearly I lived to tell the story, <laughs> but that was just perfect because I'm like, I actually did get hit by a semi-truck today. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's how my my day started. Um, so, yeah, I got hit by a semi-truck today. Um, I, I haven't been driving much. Um, and I decided to venture out this morning to go to a workout, my workout class. And I had to leave early to, to make it back for an 8 a.m. meeting. And, you know, it's like 7.50 and I'm parked, stopped at a red light waiting for the lights to turn green, semi-trucks in front of me, he starts reversing. And I'm seeing this happen. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to hit me. There was a car behind me. I couldn't reverse. Laid on my horn. He hits me, just pushes my car backwards. The car behind me must have actually moved, um, have reversed because I didn't hit them. So, you know, I, I was a little bit shaken up because I'm like, did he just not see me? Did he not hear me? Uh, that was weird. So, he wasn't turning, but then he decided to turn once the light turned green. I followed him thinking he was going to pull over. He did not pull over. He God. gunned it to get away from me, followed him, snapped a picture. He lost me at the next light because I got stuck to a red light. Uh, and I ended up going to the police station, filed a report, update. They already found the guy 
put the claim in with the um, trucking company. I have to talk to insurance and all that stuff. But yeah, that's how my day started. Kind of crazy, but also very scary. Why would you leave the scene? I have no idea. And he was clearly trying to get away from me because at the red light he lost me on, he was in like the straight lane and then ended up turning right. Almost hit another car turning. Oh my God. Uh, So here's what you should have done. You should have run the red light because if a cop came after you for running the red light, then you tell the cop, hey, I'm trying to get Chase's truck down because he just hit me. Hit and run. Save a trip to the police station. I had no idea like what I should do in that situation. And my like instinct was to follow him because I thought he was actually going to pull over and then we'd stop and, you know, exchange information whatnot. But I didn't. And then after that, like, I literally was like, oh my God, I have an 8 a.m. meeting. I'm going to miss it. So I drove home. And then I was like, wait, that was really stupid. Why did I drive home? Called my mom crying. She was like, you have to call the police. I was like, you're right. I have to call the police. So then I called and they were like, yes, come in, make the statement. They were very friendly, very helpful, really easy. Um, So I'm happy that's over. But I was literally sitting in my car like, I'm about to get crushed and I actually can't do anything about it. Oh my God. Yeah. Not... Not fun. It's terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. So I might have PTSD from that moment. I might stay like very far away from trucks um, parked at stoplights from now on. So just stay away from any guy that drives a truck. It doesn't have to be a semi truck, just <laughs> trucks in general. Just Wait, avoid all of them. <laughs> <laughs> my husband has a Dodge Ram. <laughs> oh, Jeff. My, oh, God. My ex drove an F 150. Rooks. He doesn't have a ball sack though. So, <laughs> <laughs> so my my ex had an F one fifty and a sports car. Ew, Meredith. Yeah, that's a Ugh. lethal combination. Ugh. I have I have a very very questionable dating past. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also dated once dated a bro named Chet. He was not the guy who owned. F-150 in the sports car is a different one. Hmm. Chet? Chet. C-H-E-T? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Chad, but somehow even worse. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, he was like a Kmart Chad. Ew. Meredith. Chad. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about sports. (laughs) Okay, I wanted to ask Brittany. Brittany, how was your, I hope your day was uneventful. Um, yeah, my day was totally uneventful. I wish I had more to report, but no, I really just, you know, regular stuff going on. I did go to Top Golf last night and I redeemed myself. Completely redeemed myself. Yeah, we're going to have to do that again. Yes, I am basically a professional golfer now, so get ready. Professional golfer, Major League Baseball fan. Let's get into it. So much has changed in like the past 24 hours. Like, I'm not (laughs) even the same person anymore. 2020 (laughs) is strange times. (laughs) Strange times. We are going to kick off with the Indians uh, because the Indians, um, after a very hot start to their season, uh, the bats have not been cooking. So I think we all know at this point, uh, I was very hyped last week. I was 100% like Indians World Series. It's going to happen. Pitching has been fantastic. Really, really strong starting pitching staff. Um, really not giving up a ton of runs. The sad thing is the offense just is not meeting the pitching. Um, so that continues to plague the Indians. Um, they are now six and six. They, they're facing the Reds this evening. Um, guys, they're batting 183. 
They that's are. What happen, that's what happens when you face teams with real pitchers. Like, Dead I, last. I mean, they went against the Twins, and then now it's the Reds, which both teams have some pretty stellar pitching, and that's what happens. And, like, last night, they won despite of the offense, not because of the offense. Oh, yeah. When they they scored, what, two runs on – I mean, Walks, I was, errors, walks and an, errors, and, and a, a single. Like, Uber into first base. Yeah, yeah. it was – it's it's actually quite painful to watch the Indians at the plate. Listen. Okay, go ahead, Britt. Listen. Number number one baseball fan. <laughs> okay, here's where I come in because I told you guys before, I go to whoever needs me at the time the most. And generally, you know, for the pretty much the whoever duration needs me the most. The duration of this podcast, so we've been doing this since what, October? Mm-hmm. So like during this time, I feel like the Cavs probably needed me the most. So that's why, like, I've always been so super, yay, Cavs, let's go, guys, woo. Try to get people excited for them because it's it's a hard job to do. But now we have the Indians. And, you know, as I I always do my best thinking when I'm in the shower, right? So tonight I was in the shower and I was like, I was thinking about it. And I was like, you know, people, they – Cleveland fans in general are very dramatic people. I think we can all agree on that. So, you know, last week I looked through like Twitter. Last week when I was not number one Indians fan. Yes, you were. I was browsing through. On the fence. Yes. And I saw everyone was like, oh, World Series tried. This is our year, blah, blah, blah. Like we're going to go 60, you know, whatever. And I was like, all right, that's dramatic. But then over the past week, I saw people that are like, this is the worst team ever, blah, 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 the offense <laughs> sticks. And like, it's always just, there is no gray area here. It's just no. black and white and happy and angry. And there's nothing in between. So I was like, all right, we got to find some middle ground here. But now that everyone has shifted from, I hate this team, or I love this team. They're the best ever to, I hate this team. This offense stinks, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, it's time for me to get involved. However... When I was in the shower thinking, I was like, hmm, we always say one of the best things about baseball, and this is what we've always said about baseball, it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? Yes. Problem is, it's this a year, sprint. sprint. So, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, they're just warming up. You know, they get off to a slow start. Everything will be fine. But, you know, we're, <laughs> we don't really have much time, guys. <laughs> so don't make me look bad. Don't make it look bad. So you were like the... I feel like what you just said, you're like the Batman of Major League fandom. Of, of the Cleveland right. Indians fandom. You're like, they need me. It's time. That's right. I was thinking they more um, fairy godmother. Like you're the sports fairy godmother of Cleveland. There you go. You go I where go you're needed. Where I'm needed. Also, I was thinking in the shower as well. Last year, I was like for a very brief amount of time. Because here's my Indians fandom kind of comes in spurts. So like I'll be really into it for like a couple of days and then I'll just like disappear and then I'll come back. So last year I was like super into uh, Fran Mil Reyes. He yeah. was like my guy for like a week. <laughs> and um, well, of course last night happened. And you know yeah. what, guys, I think maybe he just needed me. You know, yeah. like I last night was the first game that I watched almost in its entirety because we went to Top Golf and, you know, of course I killed everyone there. So I had other stuff to do. But almost in its entirety and you know he won the game and I'm like the pieces are just falling into place guys maybe I need to take this baseball thing more seriously yeah yeah uh, I watched him swing at I think two sliders in the dirt like three no 
two straight sliders in the dirt and he missed a fastball like really really bad to strike mm -hmm. out so where are you tonight Brittany he needs you tonight I had stuff to do I was the podcast. the podcast yeah I was <laughs> I was straightening my hair and I was finding my Indian shirt which was buried way back in the closet so, so excuse my, me my problem with with Fran Mill like I think he's perfect in the DH spot first mm -hmm. of all like that's where he belongs I think the hard part with him is that he is an all or nothing hitter like he's not necessarily at the plate to put the ball in play he's always trying to like knock that shit out of the park as far as it can go like he's always trying to send balls to the moon yeah. which is fine but that's why he strikes out so much because he's just constantly you know swinging for the fences when sometimes especially in the dh position it's okay to just put the ball in play and i think that's kind of where the Indians are struggling in general is just the ball isn't in play. Although to be fair in Tuesday night's game, the Reds never put any balls in play. They just got two home runs. Mm -hmm. So I mean, well, did yeah. you see that cookie uh, before Framo went up to the plate yesterday, last night, cookie talked to him and he's yeah, like, yeah. he says something along the lines of, you know, you don't have to hit it out. Just get a base hit. Or no, no, he actually- It was the other way around, Yeah, I think. he told him, he told him yeah. to hit it out. And he's like, well, I'm just going to focus on getting a base hit. So Meredith, he went against your advice. How about that? Yeah. For one night <laughs> and it paid off. But I'm just saying in general, because that's what I noticed with him last, last year was that constant, has to swing at everything, has to swing for the fences. Yeah. You know, those, those changeup gets, gets him, the sliders get him. Like he always needs those bell high fastballs and he can't hit anything else. So- You guys remember Grady Sizemore? He was like the yes. same- he was our leadoff hitter and like, great, he hit home runs, but like, he was always swinging for the fences, always. Like you could, he, I don't think he ever tried to get a base hit. Yeah, and at this point, how do we fix it? So uh, you mentioned it right off the bat, Brittany, that it's a 60 game season. Mm -hmm. So in the past, if the Indians started off slow, which is interesting because they started off fast and now they're slow, mm -hmm. but in the past, like we've been able to kind of work through these slumps, get things figured out, change up the order, change up the batters. Um, and, and obviously like, I think the players are starting to realize that every game counts, every game matters. Mm -hmm. Like you, you don't have the option to go through these slumps. Yeah. And I've always thought that it's as much mental as it is physical. And right now, like, that's all that's being talked about. Like, obviously, yeah. the pitching has been a, a really good talking point for the Indians, but it's almost like you have this other side of it weighing down because the pitching has been so good, but the batting has been so bad. And to, to hear that, like, played over and over again, I would say, like, it's probably, like, kind of just shattering their confidence at this point. And, and now, right, they have to get over that mental aspect because, you know, they don't have – they don't have games that they can just throw away, you know, and, and they had a series against the twins um, where they lost three, three out of four. So like, you can't afford to do that um, in a 60 game season. So I don't know what you guys think. I know that there's been people saying you need to fire the hitting coach. Um, do you think it's as simple as that? No, as far as I'm concerned, I'm with you in that, you know, they're, they're professional athletes, right? Yeah. So obviously they know how to hit. They didn't make it this far by just, you know, lucking into this. They know how to hit. So once you like take that off the plate, you're like, okay, well, what else could it be? And like, to me, it's gotta be a mental thing. And like, imagine how frustrating that must be for yeah. the pitching staff. Like, I don't know that there's, there could be anything more frustrating than that than going out and doing your part and doing a stellar job and, you know, giving it your all 
And then to have these guys, and it's, you know, I know they don't do it on purpose, obviously, but they just can't pull it together long enough to help you win. And that's got to create at least a little bit of tension, especially this year, because the time is so limited. You do not have time to go through these slumps anymore. I mean, I can think of one thing that's more frustrating than the bats. What's that? Brad Hand. Although he didn't Dang. do too badly last night. Last but. night he got one, two, three outs. I, <laughs> I was go. sweating, sweating. But it's just, he, okay. So like I, I was not in Cleveland during uh, Cody Allen's heyday. Because I know he was valuable during the World Series. I, I realized that. By the time I got to Cleveland and started really having to pay attention to the Indians, not just watch them casually like I had before, like, Cody Allen was just, he was the closer that I was like, stop putting him in, Tito. Stop it. And now, like, Brad Hand is my new Cody Allen. <laughs> people used to get on Brian Shaw a lot, too. Although there were people mm-hmm. that actually really liked Brian Shaw. Uh, but he was another one that yeah. tended to blow games. Who? Um, okay, question, Bree. Yeah. Mer- Meredith, I'll ask you, but you haven't been an Indians fan for, like, a long time. Bree, who would you say – is your favorite closer of all time? Oh gosh, I don't think I can even answer that question. <laughs> no, you have to. I know that they're so, they're so bad, but like they're bad in funny ways. I think. Um, I have to say I enjoyed Miller time, like that, like living through that period. Of, uh-huh. well, that was well, definitely that was 2016, right? During because it was during the World Series. Then he definitely fell off a cliff. Um, but I, like, I, I would say like most recently he is, he is what comes to mind for me, but obviously I'm like way into wild thing right now. I like, I go like in spurts of like in the actual season that we're living in kind Mm -hmm. of attaching, Mm -hmm. but like historically I can't even, I couldn't even tell you. Like if you really think about it, they had, what was it? They were Mesa, Mesa. Um, I don't know who came back. Was it Mike Jackson maybe? And then they had, well, Wickman, he was there for a while. A while, while. Uh, remember Joe Borowski? No. You don't remember Joe I, Borowski? I can barely remember what I did yesterday, Brittany. Oh my gosh. See, this is my thing too, because sometimes I think that I'm senile, especially because I can't, a lot of times I can't decipher between like dreams I've had or like things that have really happened. <laughs> and it just gets worse and worse as I get older to the point where I don't remember much of anything. But I could, rem- I remember like so much about the early Indians teams. So, I'd say my favorite closing experience, and this oh isn't like a closer, experience. but experience was the time in Boston, and I want to say it was 2005 or 2006, maybe. It was, they just, like, Fausto Carmona was just coming up. Okay, let me paint a picture for you. Oh, boy. Fausto Carmona, bottom of the ninth in oh Fenway. Boy. This was, like, his first time ever closing. I think it was probably Big Poppy. Launched one. I don't think it's landed to this day. <laughs> and I was like, this is amazing. That was my favorite closing experience. Because then Fausto came, you know, he became like my favorite pitcher, top five favorite pitcher ever for reasons that are personal to me. He wasn't great or anything, but Fausto was it. Um, but I don't know. After that, like I think about my favorite actual closer, closer. Ugh. I'd probably say Browski. That's it. I was never like a pitcher person. Uh-huh. I, I was always like infatuated with, with the fielders. I, like, I don't even know if I paid attention 
to the, to pitching like growing up. So that oh, sounds yeah. so weird to say, but like, I loved. Remember? Oh gosh! Now I'm going down a rabbit hole here because I loved. Who else did I love? I love Raphael Bentoncourt. Remember him? No, it's, you're naming all these like pitchers. I like could literally <laughs> could care less. See, like, Meredith, I'm proving that I am such a I know, baseball no. girl. Uh, Raphael Bentoncourt, number, <laughs> number one um, baseball fan. What was his name? Fernando Coton. It began with a C. He was like this very tall, kind of like, this is my best description. He was just very lanky and <laughs> yeah, Fernando something. Um, yeah, I, I used to love like relief pitchers, starting pitchers, everyone except Paul Bird. I could not stand Paul Bird. Didn't like him. I was a big Jake Westbrook fan too. Loved him. You know what? I do. So Mesa, I remember um, he was pitching in the bullpen. Uh, we were at a game. I think my parents pulled us out of school. We used to attend daytime baseball games all the Aww. time. Sorry, parents, for ratting you out. But I remember we were sitting near the bullpen, and Jose Mesa was warming up to go into the game, and he threw me his ball that he was warming up with. I think I still have it. So I do like I do remember that um, very like vividly in my mind. But like, gosh, my memory is really bad, you guys. Like, I. I really like could not name you play like players on the roster outside of like the 96, 97 team, because that is what I remember the most. Oh my gosh. But See, like my parents took like us to games all the time. I like it's, I have a really, really bad memory. That's okay. Me too. I just remember very specific Indians things and that's pretty much it. I barely remember Brown's things, but the Indians. Same, I mean, same. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Um, so I was also thinking, I texted you guys this last night, but doesn't watching the Indians offense remind you of the Browns offense from this past year where you would have these high expectations going into the season. You have these star players on the roster and there's just no production. Like yeah. it, it truly is like watching the 2019 Cleveland Browns, which I'm hoping does not repeat itself again. Oh, someone um, said Oral Horsheiser. I do remember him. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was a toothpaste. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's funny. Um, do you remember Tony Sip? Nope. Oh, gosh. Paul Shuey, Rafi Perez, Chris Perez. See? Comment all these section. Names. Love it. Um. So I think we're going to shift into the Cleveland Browns. Speaking of the Browns' lack of yes. production, um, as we've been talking about, the Browns have had a very productive offseason thus far. Um, I'm going to kick off with the uniforms that mm. they were re releasing all of the players wearing the new uniforms today, which is the first time that we've seen players in the uniforms, hence why I'm wearing my, my official Browns jersey. Love it. Um, I, like I was never really on the uniform hype train. Like I didn't really understand it. I didn't get it all that much. Like what the hype was about. Now after seeing the players in them, I am a hundred percent on board. And I'm not a man. I don't have a penis, but I think I would have gotten a boner <laughs> based on the picture. Okay, so can we can we compare and contrast uh, Baker's picture with Miles Garrett? Brittany tweeted out both of them. Yeah, um, yes. they're both and the most important thing in my life right now. So <laughs> I'm Here's gonna have both of them. Cleveland right. Indians number one. Yes, <laughs> obviously. But Baker Baker really looks like he wants to be anywhere except that photo shoot. Like See? I think 
like the the his face in like the press con it's like the same face that he had in that press conference where he showed up looking like a wet bandit like he looks intense. Oh no, no. Okay. He just he yeah. looks. But then you're looking at Miles Garrett, and he's like holding the football, and he's smiling, and he's happy, and he's just radiating. Yeah, but positivity. He, but like you felt, you felt Miles Garrett in that picture. Like it just made me want to go watch anime and play with dinosaurs. Like I feel Baker Mayfield in that photo. Like I think that is a very Baker Mayfield photo. He looks like he is out to prove points this year. And like, oh my God, look at this face. <laughs> that is a face of a man on a mission okay he is ready to someone didn't that give beard. him oh my god like it looks like they didn't fix the coffee machines in berea oh meredith they're all, they're all broken meredith. you are a bad take machine right now <laughs> how dare you this has to seen, be i just keep zooming in closer on his face <laughs> I hope you see this in your dreams tonight, Meredith. <laughs> I probably I will. make a pillowcase of this for you. Oh my God, I will cuddle with it every night. And then when I have my Baker Mayfield dreams, I'm that's the first, I like when I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm going to text you guys immediately and tell you all about my Baker Mayfield dreams. Bree, is yeah. this what inspired the headband tonight? A hundred percent. Like I got the headband on, I've got my jersey on. Like I'm I love it. like I just need my my game face. Like his I thought it was just a game face. He looks super intense, super focused. He looks like um, he wants to he's like, All right, everyone that called me fat. Yeah, kiss look at me. My, look at my legs. How do how do human legs even look like that? Yeah, he's got some trunks, Baker. Oh yeah, those his quads he's are always... popping out of his shorts. I will say that was like probably one of the, the second thing I noticed after his face. <laughs> was his quads were popping out of his, like his shorts could not contain his quads. Yeah, he no. has like quad cleavage. Quadage, <laughs> He has like quad sacks. <laughs> They're just, they are there. Um, yeah, those quads will be used to kick some ass. You want a close up? <laughs> Stacks. This is a lot. Oh, I'm sweating. <laughs> I wonder how this is going to translate when we don't have video. The video when we put it in the um, audio. I, it's it's going to be an adventure, I'll tell you that much. So everybody <laughs> has seen the photos. If they haven't, right now I'm going to tell you to go check out the photos. Cleveland Browns yes. have posted them in their uniforms. We are And look at Miles Garrett. Like, yeah, the Miles, Miles Garrett, Garrett one made my Jarvis. heart skip like 12 beats. I saw Jarvis with the purple hair and I was like, oh my God, my heart just melted. Yeah. Like what a unicorn. He is just a special unicorn of the team. Always has been. But this picture just exudes. Yeah. Yes. It just exuded who Jarvis is. And I loved that. I I got really hyped for the season. Do you need to go back to uh, Hard Knocks and watch his inspirational speech? Yes. 100%. I'm going to start playing that to myself every morning when I wake up. (laughs) that's That's what I need to get myself through the day contagious bro it's contagious no okay 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 this picture of miles though i'm see see isn't that just like that just radiates miles does that look like a man that hit another man with a helmet over the head and almost killed him no it does not that's and for some remember how everyone always used to complain about the white pants white white on white yeah white pants i've never seen white pants look better i agree (laughs) like these white pants they they look they're the white like it's the whitest white i've ever seen in my life like how do you get something that white go to the south oh i have i have jokes but i'm not gonna sing them <laughs> meredith just did uh, might have to cut that one out into that one i um, might cut that out before i post it um 
But I think it all goes back to, because people rip on us for being like, they didn't talk about sports, they talked about uniforms. It all goes back to look good, feel good, play good. Like, yes. they actually look confident. They look happy. They look excited. Like, I guess I didn't realize how bad the uniforms were, but if you go back and look at them in comparison to these, we looked like a joke. So I will say, like, very a good joke. Job. A joke. <laughs> well, we and on the uniform front, I'll, I'll say this. There are a few things in this world that people either associate with women or are marketed towards women. But in my life, this is, I guess, a personal anecdote. I've only ever seen men talk about it. Two things come to mind specifically. One of them is uniforms. Outside mm -hmm. of, you know, our podcast dis discussions here and, you know, a lot of the girl gang maybe sending out a few tweets, I have never seen uniforms scrutinized and talked about and obsessed over Valid. by men. The second thing, and the only reason I know this is Monday nights is because my timeline is filled with it, The Bachelor. I don't know a single woman, maybe I think Cameron watches The Bachelor, but outside of Cameron, I don't know a single woman that watches The Bachelor, but I could name you 32 men that watch The Bachelor. Like my timeline on Monday nights is nothing but Bachelor tweets and Ew. it's all from men. So don't tell me that that's, you know, female things. I feel like because, Monday, Monday nights like, for my timeline are, is wrestling. I see a little <laughs> bit of that too. I muted a lot so of So really words, what's though. worse, wrestling or The Bachelor? <laughs> it's Monday the nights same are just a bad day. night to be on Twitter. Let's it's avoid the, it. Honestly, I think that wrestling and The Bachelor are kind of like same thing. Yeah, I it's, agree with that. You know, it just, and that's the thing. That's what I don't understand is that The Bachelor and even The Bachelorette supposedly marketed towards women, but I don't know any women who watch those shows, but I know only men that watch those shows. So if guys want to complain about us talking about uniforms, hold up a mirror. Yeah. Well, and I will say like to the last thing on the uniforms, like, we look like a new team. Like, we look like an Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski team. Last year, those uniforms, Freddie Kitchen deserved those uniforms. I <laughs> <laughs> just call them just the Freddie Kitchen's uniforms. Just, yep, just saying. So, speaking of Andrew Barry, obviously, training camp kicked off this week. It's really, really exciting to see players back at the facility. Um, seeing all the tweets about them, seeing their video workouts. Um, I've really enjoyed it. We've seen um, Andrew Barry, at the, I guess not seen him. We've heard Andrew Barry at the podium. Um, and again, I just have to say, like, he is extremely well-spoken. He is calm, cool, and collected. It, it, it's actually wild to think about. We are in a pandemic. We are living through an NFL season like we've never seen before. Mm -hmm. He's a GM at the age of 33 now. Um, and he is acting like everything is fine when literally the world is on fire before us. Yes. Did you guys I get a chance to listen? I did. Um, I was watching live yes. the other day. <laughs> listen, let me go first. All right. <laughs> go for it. Um, I was watching live the other day when he was talking. And for the first time, because I was like looking at him rather than just listening, you know, while I do something else, I was watching him speak and can we just talk about how amazing it is that he's, he's so young. He's so yeah. young and he's doing this. And I think that it was the first time that that really hit me hard. And I'm, I'm looking and he looks like a 33 year old guy just up there and he's in charge of this team. 
He's responsible for how everything, how they're winning this off season. And I'm just, I continue to be in awe of what he's doing and him as a person and how, you know, collected he just always is. And yeah. I can't say enough about how much I love him. Actually, I'm getting, you know what? I'm getting a shirt made. Are you ready for this? Yes. That's to my shirt. And it's just a giant picture of Andrew Barry. So Andrew Barry is just going to be oh, covering yeah. my entire body. Are we doing the dress? <laughs> Are you doing a dress? I thought that was going to be a dress. Ooh, should it be a dress? I think it should be a where dress. Would I wear, where would be an appropriate place to wear an Andrew Barry size? I mean, dress. anywhere. Go to Topgolf. <laughs> yes, anywhere. There you um, go. So I have to clarify because someone commented on me saying well-spoken and I'm saying well-spoken in comparison to Freddie Kitchens, because if you remember oh last God, year's yeah. press conferences were all about like, if you don't wear brown and orange, you don't matter. Like they were all taglines. Like yes. that's what I mean when I say well-spoken because he actually forms thoughts together and they mean something. It's not just words with no weight behind them. So just to clarify at that like you'll, you'll never, you'll never catch Andrew Barry saying whoopty hell. Can yeah, you, I mean, can, I mean that. Try to picture him saying that. <laughs> no, I, I can't. And it's it's just refreshing to hear someone that actually has substance behind what they're saying. So that that is what I meant by that. I apologize if that was offensive to anyone, but um, that was really what I was going off of because we literally spent an entire season last year with no substance, and it's just nice to have substance again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and Greg Williams is a little substance substance less as well in that yes. short period that he yeah. took over after Hugh Jackson was fired. So I mean, it's just I'll tell you what, millennials are making the world a better place already. I think like those two specifically, you know, Greg and um, Freddie, like they were just like soundbite machines. Yeah, and like loud, obnoxious soundbites that you really didn't want to hear that much. Yes. But they just, they just could not stop. They had like verbal diarrhea of stuff like that. Yes. But then now you have guys that are just like, you know, Meredith, I know you. So go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I mean, want, this I is... want, Meredith, I want you to talk to, to explain your, like your perspective because you've been listening to the press conferences. And then I want to, I want to add something to that. Yeah. The, the hard part um, with the press conferences now. And I don't blame Andrew Barry for this because quite frankly, there's really not that much to talk about. But mm -hmm. if you listen to this press conference versus the last one that he did versus the one that he did before that, like you could take sound bites from all of them and you couldn't tell which is which. Um, so it's a good thing and a bad thing. He doesn't really give away a lot when he has his press conferences. Although if you notice, and the only reason I notice this is because of how much I have to listen to this and how many times I have to listen to it. Uh, after every question, he goes, well, good question. Thanks, Mary Kay. That's a good question. Or thanks, Daryl. That's a good question. That. I love every time. listening to that. <laughs> every time. Thank, th thanks, Tony. That's a good question. Um, that made like, me so happy. He does that, but I think that's the hard part because, in, you know, in my line of work and in what we do on this podcast, you're, you know, you're have to take what he's saying and, you know, you need something to talk about. But it's really hard to talk about the things that he says when he doesn't really say anything. And like Chris Antonetti is kind of like that too. Like if you listen to Chris Antonetti talk, like it's very. It's a lot of it's a lot of air. Like there's not too terribly much substance, and it's not necessarily a bad thing because they don't want to give anything away. Like I think everything he says, and the way he says it, is very purposeful. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, it's clear that he has a plan going into it, whereas opposed to Freddie Kitchens, who just kind of yes. went in and started blowing all over the podium. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you, but when you have to listen to these sound bites over and over and over again, and you have to cut them up and analyze them, and, you know, you live through it live, and then you had to listen to it again, like, after a while, mm-hmm. like, it, it, it gets a little exhausting. Just yeah, little and I'm, I'm having a rough, I'm having a little bit of a rough week. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, Meredith, you're still super negative today. That's okay. I know. It's, it's I'm okay. trying you're not to be. be. I'm trying <laughs> not to be. Things man, like, Meredith. things are getting to me today, I am telling you. Uh, I think we've, we've talked about it, but the substance, just remaining calm, I, I think Freddie Kitchens, you could tell, like, reporters are obviously, Meredith, you see this all the time, like, they're trying to get headlines. They're trying to pull headlines out so that they can write their stories, so that they can get clicks. Um, and they got a lot of clicks last year with Freddie Kitchens, um, John Dorsey, even some of the players, obviously. Um, you haven't really seen the Browns dominate any of the major national headlines outside of OBJ here and there. And obviously, OBJ is the type of star that will just, that just comes with him. Um, and I think we have all gotten used to that. But I will say, Andrew Barry, some of the questions he was fielding, you could definitely tell that they were probing to get those like attention grabbing headlines from him and I felt like he just wasn't taking the bait and and to me I think that's important because I think as players start to be in front of the media um, throughout the next few months and as the season starts I'm hoping that they learn from that because we've had we had a lot of moments last year of being in the media for the very wrong reasons Um, and it's nice to actually see the Browns not be in focus or at the forefront for bad things. Yeah. Um, you, you haven't heard much about the Browns, obviously internally in our own little Cleveland area. Yeah, for sure. You've heard about the Browns, but nationally we have not been a story at all. And to me, I think that is the best thing that could happen as we head into this season. Well, another reason that's the case is that there are no media members inside of Berea yep. right now. Um, and that is, and it's not just the Browns, it's every single team. Um, there's no media allowed at this point. I don't know if media is going to be allowed at all during training camp. It's going to help the Browns. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing that's where, you know, that's where a lot of these stories come out of is when, when people are actually inside the building, they get those one-on-ones, they're able to talk to people off the record or, cause like you can always text your sources, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean your source is going to text you back. So, you know, as, as opposed to when you're inside the building, you can kind of grab someone by the elbow and be like, Hey, can you know, let's, let's have a conversation. Like they don't have that opportunity. So I think that's another reason why the Browns aren't really in the national spotlight. But I think if you've noticed, cause I read a lot of national sports news as well. None of the NFL teams are really like in the national spotlight in any way, shape or form other than, you know, this person got called up, this person signed a contract, this person is opting out, this person tested positive for COVID. Like Tom Brady went to the Buccaneers. Like that's it. Like that's all that's happening in the news right now. Yeah, I'm just happy that we're not even dealing with like OBJ was seen out in public, you know, without a mask. It's just like without a mask, without a mask, you know, like because that would make like national headlines. And I think we saw that kind of happen with his an article that was published from um, it was the Wall Street Journal, right, where they had interviewed him and it was a previous um, interview. But the headlines started going around this week and it was about him um, opting out um, and not not really liking the way that the NFL was handling COVID and he didn't feel safe. And, and that made headlines this week at the same time training camp was starting. So like it, it, they made it seem like OBJ wouldn't be at training yes. camp and he yes. was there. He reported. So I did yeah. not like that. No, it was a okay. headline for two and a half minutes because 
OBJ, um, Mary Kay, and I think even on the top of the Wall Street Journal itself, they were very quick to point out that this was done back in July. Cleveland June or July. was very quick to point that out, but they were talking about it the next morning on ESPN. Yeah, and they did not. They did not mention that. Oh, this happened two weeks ago. It was just the the little excerpt about him saying, you know. I don't know if this is the best time to play. And if there was no, I wouldn't mind there not being a season like that was right there. And they were talking about that part, but they did not say that, um, yeah, this was, you know, two weeks before, and this is before the NFL had a, a plan in place. This is before they made teams, you know, uh, come up with their own plan. That was not mentioned, but like, I'm glad that Cleveland, you know, the Cleveland media and stuff, they, they pointed that out and said, no, this is misleading. Um, but it just seems like, they did that intentionally. Like, to me, that's what it looks like, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you wanted something to talk about, so you waited two weeks to put this article out. When you could have done it, like, you know, a week, even a week ago would have made a little bit more sense, just because everything was still kind of new. But for two weeks now, they've, they've had at least a plan in place. So to put this out right now is very misleading, the way that they did it. And I did not, that was not good. I did not like that. Yeah, they always want to make OBJ to be a bad guy, which is, it's it's so funny to me because like he's not really gotten into any type of trouble off off the field at all, mm-hmm. and and even like on the field. So what? Like he he kicked a, a net. Like I'm sorry, but like if that's the worst thing he's going to do, like I'm not gonna be mad at him for that. But they always paint him out to just be this diva, and and mm-hmm. I think that like based on what you see from social media and watching him. I truly think he just wants to lay low. Like it, for yeah. whatever reason, um, they paint him out just to be this like all about me, selfish, not a team player. And what you hear from other players that have played with him is that is not who he is at all. But for whatever reason, they paint him out to be that. And and I can see how that is very frustrating um, yeah. when you're not you're not being perceived the way that you actually are. So. No, and they've, they've done this since he was in New York. You know, they always yeah. painted this image of him. And obviously, like, I don't know the guy, so I can't say for sure. But um, it, I do believe that probably the leadership last year or the lack thereof and, like, you know, the l- general lack of respect amongst the player with, you know, Freddie or maybe John Dorsey to an extent, I think that probably didn't help. And I remember at the end of last year um, – you had all those issues with him supposedly saying, come get me to the other teams, yeah. you know, trying to get him off the team or whatever. I don't think those kind of problems, those outlandish sort of stupid things that we heard last year. I don't think that's going to be a problem this year. I really, I mean, you know, look at Dave Njoku. Yeah. Let's talk about him. Yes. That was addressed in the Andrew Barry press conference as well. David Njoku, obviously we know he requested a trade. Um, mm-hmm. he's obviously now committed to staying Through Rosenhaus requested a trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am right. going to, I am sticking up for the chief because that was not him. Yeah. Um, and they asked Andrew Barry about that as well. And Andrew Barry was pretty honest and just said like, you know, you never know what to expect mm-hmm. and, and you can't predict what's going to happen. And he was surprised, but then he said, we also had a chance to actually talk face to face, lay out the game mm-hmm. plan. And, and Njoku was fine. Yeah. Um, so I appreciated that honesty and you, I think we have to support, we have to support Njoku. Like you, you can't hold this against him. Like per Meredith, like it was probably his agent pushing for this and, sure. and now he's going to be a Cleveland Brown. So let's give him the support and 
let's get to work. I mean, he's in yeah. great shape. So hopefully that can turn into production on the field. Yeah. And, and he did say that your... part of the reason that he wanted to stay was because, you know, the new leadership, he, he, he appreciated that Andrew Barry talked to him. Um, they address everything that's going on. I think he believes in what they're trying to do. And I do think that we're going to see a level of respect this season, assuming the season happens, that we have not seen for, oh, I, don't, I don't even know. When was the last time they respected a coach and a GM? <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> it's been, it's been a minute. No. Yep. Um, do you guys want to talk about Austin Hooper? I actually didn't get a chance to listen to this yet. So you guys are going to be my, you're going to inform me on what's going on with hoop he stayed with baker is that true yeah yeah meredith why don't you talk about it oh yeah i mean he yeah he was i guess staying with baker and working out with baker and they which is good because then they sort of formed their bond he's um he's california guy. <laughs> do your impression the, that i love oh my my impression of uh of austin hooper just just gotta run routes and catch balls, bruh. That's all I need. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to listen. I'm gonna have to listen to that because I don't think I would have expected that from him. I had no idea it was like just a California dude, dude, bro. Yeah. Dude, bro. I mean he sounds he sounds really laid back. I like the fact that uh he and Baker were getting to know each other. Um because that I think is probably one of the um the biggest hurdles that the Browns are going to have this season is the fact that they have a brand new GM and a brand new coach and a brand new offensive line and a brand new this and a brand new that and just like yeah. everything is new so they don't really have they don't they didn't have OTAs they didn't have mini camps they didn't have rookie camps they didn't have the normal opportunities that a team would have to meet each other get to know each other start to figure out each other's grooves and and everything that would go along in a normal NFL season and and every team is going to be working with that you know so every team is going to have that disadvantage but I feel like it's going to be harder for the Browns because everything it's new it's not just like Tampa Bay where okay they have a their quarterback is new but you know you know what you're going to get with Tom Brady whereas with the mm -hmm. Browns everything from the top down to the fourth string uh down to the practice squad is is all brand new so I have a lot of faith. I have a lot of faith in the Browns and I have a lot of faith in uh, Kevin Stefanski that he's going to be able to, to steer the ship properly. But, um, you know, because they're not having all this time. And then even like last week when they were showing up to Berea, it was drive-by COVID testing. You know, they show mm -hmm. up, get a test. Yeah. Next day show, like that was it. They just had to make sure that they were healthy enough. And now they're in the building at a reduced capacity. They're socially distant. So, I mean, there's just a lot of things that they're not that they're not getting, that they would have gotten in a normal season, which goes back to why I was so happy that Austin Hooper found the time to spend with Baker Mayfield, because that's just one more piece. That's one more weapon that Baker's going to have. And by the fact that they were literally roommates, you know, they're, they're going to kind of, they got to know each other in that capacity and hopefully it translates out on the field as well. Mm. Yeah. He was also the one that organized the um, catching and throwing right in Texas, like back a few months ago, I think Austin Hooper was the one that, like got everyone together to um get together which is pretty cool obviously being the new guy so love to see that um i think the other thing just to quickly wrap up wrap up the browns um they they're also seeming to be splitting um the teams into two different groups right for a training camp so groups of 40 i believe is what they're planning on doing so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out as well 
Um, all right. So to wrap up um, sports talk here. So in college football, um, Big Ten released its schedule today. Um, OSU in Michigan is a lot earlier than it typically is. Um, got pulled up about an entire month. Um, October 24th is the game, not Thanksgiving weekend. So that'll be a big change here. Um, I heard rumors that this was going to happen um, over the last few weeks. And I think part of the reason is they want to make sure that the game happens. Um, and obviously having it Thanksgiving weekend, there's risk that it may not happen because like college football is so interesting to me because these athletes obviously are not getting paid. Are colleges even going back to school like in person? Like how can these players be expected to play football? I mean, some are and some aren't. I think a lot of schools don't honestly know what they're doing. And I put this in, in the rundown Louisville had to shut down their fall practices Today, they had 29 athletes. I don't know if they were all on the football team, um, but just they have four different uh, sports on campus right now that are practicing. And there were 29 people that tested positive for COVID. And they were, oh yeah, and they linked it back to some kind of like off campus party or something <laughs> like that. So, yeah, I mean, and that's going to happen. So, if you have schools with, with kids on campus, that's not only going to happen to the athletes, that's going to happen to the students. And the thing that bothers me the most about college football during a pandemic is these student athletes don't have advocates. Like yeah, right. the professional sports, not only are they getting paid their employees, but they also have unions, you know, and that's what yeah. JC Treader has been doing for the entire league. Like he has been using his labor negotiation skills, which by the way, like if I, if I ever need a labor lawyer, I am calling up JC Treader. <laughs> that guy, man, that, that guy could, sell a paper bag to a tree like he's just he's so good so the college students don't have that and so that's why I worry for them a lot and then you have the high school athletes as well in a similar situation but it's even worse for them because they're minors so it just it's tough it's really really hard to picture college football this season because you know with with baseball We've seen the the COVID outbreaks kind of contained between the Cardinals and the Marlins. Mm. We haven't really seen it spread much to any other teams. They've been pretty contained. And ever since then, the Indians are like wearing masks everywhere. And you see other teams, you know, being more socially distant, you know, not spitting as much in the dugout. So they kind of saw that as like, oh shit, this is what's going to happen if we don't take this seriously. And they know it's their job and their lives and their lo- like and their money on the line. So they're taking a lot more seriously. But then with, you know, because when we were, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, we thought we were invincible. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's going to, and that, and that's even worse when you're an athlete because you're like superhuman when you're that level of an athlete. So I just, yeah, I'm very concerned for college football. I'm very concerned for the college football players and yeah. other college sport. And well, and the other college sports too as well, but I mean, college football mostly, cause that's what people are pushing for so hard. Cause you know, if there's one sport that's going to happen, at the, at the collegiate level, it's going to be football. Yeah. I, college football, I feel like they want to make money still. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like oh, yeah. that, it's, it's all about the money. Like that's, that's what it. it all comes down to. Cause aren't they, I know governor DeWine in Ohio obviously was rolling out fans attending sporting events, but I believe that that is not hundred percent confirmed yet. Um, that there is a possibility of still having fans in the stands. Um, who well, knows I saw gonna last week that there was like an order that said something along the lines of no fans were allowed at these things. 
and like yeah. everything was included and then i guess that just he's backtracking nobody cares i don't know what happened to it like that was a thing and then it just wasn't and so now I think what happened was Mike DeWine put out that order that no no fans at contact sports, I think, which is weird because I was like, I don't know what the difference between, you know, watching a contact sport versus yeah, a non-contact exactly. sport. Um, but then it felt like, but then he had, gosh, when was it? I think it was like Friday afternoon or something. He had another press conference where he seemed to walk back on it and was like, well, no, we'll, we'll try and figure it out, you guys. I swear we're doing stuff. That's, okay, but like, that's my that's my Michael DeWine impression. Going back to the Ohio State Michigan game, if they they wanted it earlier and earlier in the schedule so that it'll actually has it has like a good chance of happening, but like that's still not very early it's into not. the schedule. It should have like, been week one. I, uh, yeah, I, I was surprised. I low key wanted to see it. Yeah. Week one. I want I wanted to see all of the Thanksgiving weekend games. Why happen not? week one? Yeah. Why not? Just do it. it at the latest, I'd say week three, because I I don't. Yeah, again, I thought it would I for sure predict. be in September. It, it, it doesn't make sense because when I saw that it was in October, I tweeted out and I said, "Okay, what what is the significance of this move? Like, why did they move it up a month? Well, you know, in order to get it in. But like, what is that? In, you should have put it either between one, two, or three in order to get it in. That none of that made sense to me. So I was just irritated by the whole thing. Yeah, because I'm not an Ohio State fan, but I do like watching that game on Thanksgiving. I'm with my family down in North Carolina. Yeah, that's they fun. Like it's a, it. That's a fun weekend. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's going to be different. Thanksgiving's going to be like everything's going to be different this year. Yeah, like, will there be actual NFL football on Thanksgiving? Like, I mean, I don't even imagine know if, if there's not football. Football. Yeah, I know. I like it, that just hit me, and now I'm sad. <laughs> like, my, what if we never get to see these uniforms in fruition? It, it, yeah. So I, know. I I think that at the very least, NFL is going to happen. Um, there's the NFL is too big of a business. There's too much money at stake to really cancel it or, you know, to have it not happen. Um, you know, there's always a possibility that it gets started and then gets canceled if, if things break out. But I just, I don't see NFL not happening this year. Um, you know, it's, it's just it's it's too big the you know the league is too big the money is too much and I think after a summer of being you know things being closed down not being able to see friends and family not being able to do anything not having sports to watch like it's it's gonna happen like that's I don't know about college football but I would be very very shocked if the NFL didn't happen in some way shape or form gosh I I hope so I hope so too. Brandy, you have news to share about Notre Dame. Yeah. I thought I, you slide that one in. The, I mean, of course. <laughs> I want to point out that Notre Dame joined the ACC for this season and their schedule somehow got easier. <laughs> and that is just very important to point out because for years I've had to listen to people say, Oh, strength of schedule, strength. You got to join a conference. Well, they did, guys. They did it. They're in the ACC now, you know, for the season, assuming the season happens. (laughs) If there is a season. And their schedule got weaker. So are they in, are they in the Atlantic? Are they in the coastal? I have no idea. I didn't even know that was split. Yeah. The ACC split. Mm. Although it's really, it's really interesting. Like, because I know that they want to keep things geographically close. It made more sense for 
the ACC geographically to be in the Big Ten, although you have like Maryland and Rutgers in the Big Ten, which I just, I don't know. I understand. Listen, I would have loved Notre Dame to join the Big Ten. That was my dream. I would, I would love Notre Dame <laughs> to play the Big Ten teams every year. Okay. I, I just love it. I, I know. I just, I just can't deal with Virginia Tech playing Notre Dame again. I don't know if that's on the schedule this year, but. Why? We got to go watch it. That's true. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> we got to go black out by four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> hey, no, hey, you can't be one thirty in the afternoon. Okay. <laughs> I think it was like 1.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> Justin's posting pictures of us on Twitter and I'm like, I don't remember that. Were you even there? <laughs> oh man. Guys, is there anything yeah, else? No, we'll, we'll, we'll find a way we'll find a way to watch Virginia Tech Notre Dame this year. That'll yeah. if it happens. I haven't I haven't even looked at the hockey schedule. They yet. probably do now that they're both, you know, now that my team's in the ACC. So they have AC schedule. It's probably well, gonna happen. Welcome to the Power Five. Thank you. It's nice over here. <laughs> it's you know, it's it's fine for us, I guess. I mean, us. Like, I'm Notre Dame. <laughs> One, last are, question be- Notre Dame. <laughs> One last question before we leave. I have to know, who do you guys want to win the NBA this year? Ooh. Yeah. Isn't it so nice just to have sports back on? Like, I literally yeah, just yeah. have it on in the background. And I'll be, like, doing other things. I'm like, man, I just missed the dim. The yes. dim. Happening also, can we talk about how kind of awesome the camera angles have been in the NBA? Like, yeah, I, great. I love the flyover cameras. They've uh, done a tremendous have- job with everything. I cannot like hype the yeah. NBA enough right now. They have just done. I'm so impressed by everything. I know the NFL my, my team. You know, the NFL and MLB should be looking at the NBA and be like, how can we do this? Yeah. yeah, I mean, my team is in the bubble, and I don't even think I watched. I don't think I've watched a Wizards game yet. I watched. um pelicans and the grizzlies the other night and i was thoroughly enjoying that game Ooh. a lot so i want i really want Giannis to win Gian- like, Giannis. like everyone's like favorite him. player outside of their team i like mine, love him yes i yeah <laughs> i love him um but i also i also i actually like a lot of players in the nba like a lot of like individual players on different teams that's like why uh-huh. i find the nba fun to watch because i will actually follow players um yeah yeah that's what it. makes the nba so great I yeah think. i love you like I have all these Kawhi. personalities that you yeah. just want to watch I, all the time yes i'm a big Kawhi fan i, um, I like him. cj mccollum mm-hmm. um i actually like russ westbrook i know he's a little bit um he gets he gets a lot of hate too but i actually like really like watching him um who else um, I don't hello. Know, I, I just, You're leaving Devin the Booker. most important person off this list. Oh gosh, don't even say. I it. mean, there's. I mean, got Zion. Jimmy you got Butler. Lon- you love Lonzo Jimmy. Ball. <gasps> Jimmy buckets. <laughs> Jimmy buckets. <laughs> My can't. whole face lights up when I think about him. Jimmy yeah, I was watching Butler. the Pelicans game yesterday. I, I forgot like how large of a human Zion is. Like it, it's like yeah, he's like in shape, shape too now. I want to yeah. see him. I want to see him stand next to another abnormally large human being. Like, like I Miles. See, yeah, like my or like or like Shaquille O'Neal. Like Shaquille O'Neal is an abnormally large human being. I want to see mm. what Zion looks like in comparison to him. Or like put him next to like even take it out of the NBA. Put him next to Aaron Judge. Like see what he looks like next to Aaron Judge. Yeah. Although Aaron Judge is kind of skinny, but still he's a baseball player. He doesn't need to have meat on his bones. Yeah. Yeah, but it's been enjoyable having all of these sports back. I hope we get to keep them. I really hope Me we too. get to keep them. Me well, too, the so. I, the bubble is here to stay. I think it's um the like NHL went through another round of COVID testing. Their first round was four, over 4,000 tests, zero positive 
tests. Then this week they went through another round. They had 7,000 tests with zero positive cases. So the bubble is working. At the very least, we are going to finish out hockey and in the NBA because the bubbles, like as long as people stay in the bubble, they're working. Which, by the way, you guys should be watching hockey too. Just saying. Oh, I'm. A, I've been like watching <laughs> WNBA too. I'm um, gonna give a shout out to the ladies because, um, you know, it's it's fun to to have my daughter watch the girls playing basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, and her yes. seeing that. So we've been watching that too. Although Sabrina um, got injured, which that was a huge bummer because, um, have you guys followed her story? She was from Oregon. Mm-hmm. She was number one draft in WNBA. Um, amazing. She was like a huge Kobe fan. Like he was her mentor. Um, so that was really sad when he passed away, but, um, rookie, but she just, she hurt herself, I think last week and she's out for, I don't know if it's like, was it three months or three weeks? I got to look that up. That's obviously a very big difference. Um, but Sue Bird's awesome. Um, yeah, there's some really good women that are really fun to watch. I have to double check. Did Elena Deladon opt out of the bubble? Like I know she didn't want to go because she's high risk, but then there was some drama because then the WNBA was saying that her pre-existing condition wasn't a reason that made, I don't know. It, it was weird. Cause it was a whole thing in the player's tribune, but she's easily my player, my favorite player. I don't know. Not just because she's on my team and single-handedly won them a WNBA championship last year with a herniated disc, but you know, Let's she's see. a, she's a superhero. Let me find out for you. Um, let's see. It's probably not easy, but yeah, I think she, I think she may have opted out because she's, um, she, she has, has Lyme active, disease. Yeah, she has active Lyme disease and she's pretty high risk for COVID. Yeah, I'm gonna guess. No. It says I, I just saw something pop like pop up that says they're gonna pay her salary. That's good. Yeah. She deserves it. Yeah. So anyway, um, this was a really fun show in terms of sporting events. Um we will be back hopefully at our scheduled time next Tuesday. Um Expect to see more from us too, you guys. We are working hard. Um, if you haven't followed us at Girl Gang Clee, please make sure you go hit the follow button on Twitter um, at Girl Gang Clee. Um, we are working hard on bringing you guys some some more things. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to share some additional details soon. But we are focusing on growing. Um, so, if you're tuning in live, don't forget to download us, um, subscribe to us, rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. Um, we appreciate that. Appreciate the reviews. Appreciate you guys tuning in live and joining in on the comments. We have so much fun doing this and we will see y'all next week.